Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Edward Cheney, the founder and CEO of Canafil, a manufacturer of CBD-infused products for human and pet consumption. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods for alternatives and complements to conventional medical treatment. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney. I'm also the CEO and founder of Canafil CBD. Canafil it is known for its potency and for its high standards. Just wanted to share that. Very proud of it. I am also here with my co-host, Kimberly Rose. Good morning, Kimberly. Good morning. All right. Kimberly and I are going to have a conversation with you today and describe to you the best that we can on the journey that CBD takes from seed to sale. Sale being ultimately to you, to you the consumers. Um, so that's the journey we're going to do. We're going to divide it into three segments. Segment one being the growers. Then segment two will be, we'll discuss the people who do the extracting or the processing of the, the phyto material to turn it into a crude product. And then what happens at a manufacturer. Okay, so I hope this to be very informing today. Yeah, it sounds like uh, I'm going to learn some lessons here. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this is part of, again, our mission to be able to provide you with information that's not cluttered and doesn't have an agenda behind it. Uh, we also know that the more informed you are as a consumer, the better your buying decisions will be for yourself. Yeah, that's great because I... I'll be honest, I did not do a lot of research for this subject this and that, week. And that was in, intentional. So here is our design for you today, is I did all the gathering of the information, and Kimberly is going to play the role of, I'm a consumer that just barely knows anything about CBD. And the reason she's going to play that role to you for you today is so that she can listen and react with questions that a normal consumer would have. Yeah. I mean, I might obviously know a little bit more, but th still, I don't know from the seed. Yes. But, but your design, but her design is going to be to put herself back into that place many years ago when she did not know a whole lot. Right. <laughs> so it should work out quite well and be uh, entertaining as, as well. So, uh, again, we want to give you good information so you can make good buying decisions because we do know the benefits of CBD are just great. Yeah. But if you buy the wrong stuff, you'll never know. Right, because you'll give up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's, uh, let's start out with uh, the growers. I think the growers have a very unique position in this industry. Uh, they have been squeezed a lot over the last, you know, couple of decades. Mm -hmm. You know, they're pushing out uh, what farmers are used to doing and, and pushing in large crop production and subsidies and, you know, forcing you to do corn and soybean and such like that. So I think farmers really appreciate the opportunity of hemp coming back the way it is. Okay. I also know that 
hemp is slated to become another large product for farmers. So right now, whether it's going it's to cool and it's made in small uh, quantities, it's soon to be very industrial. Okay. Yeah, because okay. the only little bit I've ever heard is, you know, it's not as easy to grow it as everyone makes it out to be. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it is very challenging. But us as a country, we were very good at this before it got caught up in the, the, uh, the drug suite. You know, we got scheduled in with marijuana. Yeah. Before that, we did pr- produce hemp on an industrial level, and we did it for many years. Ah. So we're, I, I see the industry going back to that model. But for right now, it's, it's unique. It's a lot like um, it's, 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 a, it's a boutique-style farming. Yeah. Right? So, you know, everybody's working on smaller volumes. Uh, they're really upping their technology and their science around it and really, really putting forth a lot of skill. Okay, and so growing this correctly. Maybe this is my first question. Yeah. <laughs> so it, when you say industrial hemp, is that more for like building things and making clothing and stuff like that and not really a medicinal hemp? You would be spot on with that. So hemp has multiple purposes. And the, the biggest ones were... Um, were fuel, body, our, our building materials, clothing. Uh, those were really big in the past, and mm-hmm. that's likely what's going to come back. Okay. It's used in that textile industry and such as that. So, but right now, the what has triggered him to come back is CBD. Yeah. And it's paving the way. So, so that's what we mean by industrial. Is and, and when they get to an industrial model, they can always carve out segments of that crop that can be used for CBD extraction. Uh, CBD extraction okay. models. So yeah. a, a medicinal type situation. Yeah, okay. and then it, it, and they'll carve that out. They'll you'll, you'll uniquely they will uniquely uh, do their growing skills a little differently with that small segment that's been carved out. But then the extractors will have in the, the larger role. Oh, okay. Of getting our CBD to the manufacturer. Okay, so it's basically the same plant. It's just moved. It's used over here and this for this and over there for all that. Yeah, it's the same plant, but growing techniques to uh, gain higher concentrations of CBD still are unique. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they'll need to be executed when they're doing those sections just for uh, CBD production. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the farmer. All right. Here's the thing about the farmer. Farmer starts with uh, purchasing CBD clones. So that is somebody who has a seed uh, under a uh, under very uh, precise conditions can grow that seed to a place where you can then plant it in the soil. Okay. So how many inches that might be? It could be a couple inches. Uh, and then they'll sell that seed to the far that clone to a farmer. And by the way, that clone has unique properties, something that the the originator is usually pretty proud of. Like this clone was designed to be able to grow a hemp plant that is capable of producing 80, 86% cannabinoids. Okay. Yeah, right? Okay, so so that's the that's where it starts. 
And uh, usually they charge about $4 for each one of those clones. An average acre will produce about 2,000 plants. Wow. So, you, so you can do the math there. So that's where they start. Okay. So they get it in the little baby plant form. Not yes, in the seed form. Yes, that is correct. That is oh, correct. Okay. It's very interesting. Uh, as I grew up, I grew up on the East Coast, and lots of crops. You know, a lot of crops we had were soybean and and uh, and corn. But we had a small microcrop called tobacco, which was very common out there on the East Coast, mm -hmm. North Carolina, Maryland, Virginia. And a lot of the the uh, discussions I've had with farmers over the week were this is very similar to that crop. Oh. Very hand-intense. So, you know, you had to labor-intensive. You couldn't, you know, run your tractor down the field and get it all done. You know, it had to be hands-on with it constantly. So some of the things that they concern themselves with the most. Uh, first would be the condition of the soil. This is going to be super important for two very important reasons. The farmer is concerned about condition of the soil because of what might be present in the plant once it gets to the manufacturer. They, manufacturers and the extractors are testing this plant for pesticides, heavy metals, micro, uh, microbial uh, problems. Those are literally will all start from the soil. So the farmer has to be really good at understanding his soil. Okay. All right, so that's step number one. Then two, he has to be able to manage his, his plant throughout the growth cycle that it doesn't get exposed to pesticides and heavy metals. So there's a constant watch after that because weeds could grow in and cause problems. There's, there's things, moisture. Moisture could cause microbial issues. So if you have an extra wet season, you know, there's things that the farmer needs to do. So they have to be good. Now this plant grows fairly quick. It grows to a height of six to seven feet, yeah, literally about, I don't know, five feet, four, four to five feet in width. And uh, I had told you, you know, roughly about 2,000 2, plants per acre. Mm -hmm. uh, and the growth cycle, the growth cycle is usually somewhere between 70, 120 days. So it grows very fast. So an average might be three months. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, interesting stuff. I don't know. There we go. So we have a fast growing plant. Yeah. This plant is very good for the earth. Mm -hmm. In other words, about half of the plant goes back into the soil and helps the soil's conditioning that we had talked about earlier, meaning it has nutrients in it and managing for heavy metals and, and so forth. Uh, all right. So that's good. I mean, it doesn't take from, you can use the soil again once you've had a crop. You can Cor correct. use it so again. Some plants are hard on soil. Yeah. They'll extract all the, the, uh, the nutrients from it or, so, or, or adjust that soil in such a way, pH balancing and stuff as like that, that you can't use it every year. You, right. have to, you have to cycle something else through it, uh, where hemp is very soil-friendly. Good. Yeah, I know. Uh, which makes me feel good as an end user. You yeah. know, here, this, is, is, this sounds like this is in line or, or it's, it's, mother, it's got Mother Nature written all over it. Yeah, and that's always a good thing. Yeah. If, if we feel like we're giving back to Mother Nature, that's, that's always a wonderful feeling. Yeah. 
All right, now we go to uh, things that are important to some manufacturers, which is I only want to buy organic. Now, so there, so here's another level of concern and interest for the farmer. Mm-hmm. He's going to manage his organic certification. Right. Right. And there's lots of stories uh, that I really won't have time to share, but there's lots of stories about cross-contamination, losing your organic certification because somebody planted something over, you know, across the street without you knowing it. But there's just so many things that affect organic certifications. Yes. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure in the very beginning I had a customer that asked me if, uh, if our CBD was gluten-free. <laughs> so that's a little, that's a different, well, that's a yeah. different conversation. That, isn't that odd? And I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> Well, they would likely be talking about uh, the other products that are in it. Yeah. Uh, like, the, the, like the carrier, uh, the oil and such. Um, well, let's keep going here. Uh, so organic certification, I understood is an intense process. So if a farmer is able to supply that certification, I want to tell the consumers that that's pretty much expected that it's going to be organic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then they have this huge testing and regulation issue. So testing, they test very early on. They want to see the test from the clone plant. Uh, that came, then as they, before they can harvest the crop, they want to test it again. And then finally, the regulatory agency, which is a state program, has to come in and do a tissue sampling of it to ensure that uh, it meets the farm bill of less than 0.03% THC. Oh, okay. That's what I was okay. going to ask you. What What are they testing for the level of THC? Are they testing for anything else? No, no. Only Just... the state is, that's what they're very concerned about. Mm-hmm. Everybody else wants to know, like the, the person processing the plant once it's been harvested, they want to know, is it compliant? And they want to know what the soil conditions are. So they'll ask for testing. And, and the grower wants to be able to boast about this, yeah. wants to be able to promote that their farming techniques, their growing techniques are that good. So they'll likely do a test and then pass that on to the processor. And that test will demonstrate heavy metals, pesticides, microbial issues. Okay. Okay. So, and then, you know, when they harvest, I want you to know what they do is they have to then go take this product through two more steps. First, they have to separate the leafy material from the stalks. And then second, they need to be able to dry it. Now, there are lots of different processes for these two steps. Interesting that it is evolving incredibly fast because everybody keeps finding better ways to do it. When you have, you have a really small uh, uh, outfit and you're only doing a couple acres, it's really easy to do all this stuff by hand. But when you jump up to 40 acres, 700 acres, now the process becomes much more complex and you need certain technologies to be able to perform these tasks. So when I say these two stages, drying of the phytomaterial and then stripping away the leafy material from the stalks, they could be done in any order, depending on the technology the farmers are using. But very important to do those two, and they have to be very accurate about those two. Here's why. If you do not dry it correctly, then you have issues with mold. 
right. or other microbial problems. If you do not take the leaves off the stalk correctly, if you take not enough, you're going to lose money because that's where the money is, is in the leaves uh, or the leafy materials. If you go too much and get stock in there, your percentage of CBD goes down. Everybody strive for about 20% CBD extraction from a plant. Okay. If you start getting the stock in on that, it literally can drop quite low. Oh, wow. It can drop all the way to like 2%. Okay. I had one farmer that uh, uh, I, was, I was talking with uh, suggested that he also got bad seeds once or bad clones. And about half of his crop went to a male status. Mm. And so his production, it wasn't about THC, but his production of cannabinoids because it didn't, it didn't go all the way to blooming. But when, when, he was, when they finally harvested it, his CBD percentage was like 1.5%. Oh. So if you have, let's just say you got 40 acres, yeah, you have to throw it all away. So, but he didn't know that when he got no, the little you, baby plant? What, didn't don't know you it, test didn't it? Didn't know then? until about third. I don't oh. know if that was capable of being tested. Now, given that that has happened, there's likely going to be a model of testing for those kind of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, so So are they, what do you want to say? They're, they don't have a sex until they get to a certain age? Or, <laughs> or may or, not be able to tell. Are or, they, yeah. I'm trying to think of that word where they're just not male or female and... They, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if I could tell you that kind of science, but it is a <laughs> great question. It is a great question. Now, so these these guys are focused in on doing a really good job growing. Yeah. Doing a good job selecting the right clones so they can make, meet the CBD or the cannabinoid profile that the, consum- the consumer market is looking for. So that, again, is another talent. And then last is to protect the plant. So that when it shows up at the extractor, it is free of heavy metals, chemicals, uh, um, microbial issues, and, of course, if it has a certification there. So that's what they're doing really well. Wow. Yeah, that just uh, that sounds like a lot more than what I thought was happening. It, right? And, I, and, and so many people are jumping on board. This is a very uh, exciting time for for that group of farmers who are working on this. Um, you'll probably see a lot, of course, in Colorado, uh-huh. uh, Kentucky, Montana, North Carolina, Iowa, New York even is jumping in. Um, so I, I, I noticed that a lot of places that had grown tobacco in the past were a favored, uh, were a favored uh, environment. So it doesn't need anything unusual, but it does, you know, need, Plenty of moisture or, or a fair amount of moisture, moderate weather. It can't handle too many hours of daylight, so it's an early harvest, harvest, harvested crop. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, because, I mean, you know, I've tried. Yes, you have tried. I, I, and I failed miserably, um, but I got it from the seed, so maybe that's where the hard part is. If I had, like, a little baby plant, maybe right. I could grow it because I, I love plants, but I have tried from the seed, and it's, yeah, it's, it didn't work. All right. <laughs> okay, so, again, hemp plant, female, grows six to seven feet high, and, and I'll just throw it. Farmers like growing this crop because an acre can produce, you know, Anywhere from like ten thousand to forty thousand dollars. 
Okay, so in they Avenue. yeah, and they don't want any no males. Nobody wants the nobody male wants the male anywhere around. Wow, <laughs> and not even on the cannabis side or the I'm sorry, the marijuana side, right? No, no, this is this is just an issue with cannabis or with hemp. Hemp. Okay. If a male plant is around, it messes with the cannabinoid production from that hemp plant. Wow. All right, let's go ahead and close this segment up. And when we come back from a short little break for our sponsors, uh, then we're going to go into the processors or the extractors. So we'll go to that right after this small break. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Live authentically, heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at canafil.com. That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L.com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show. All right. Welcome back, listeners. Kimberly and I are happy to be able to share this information to you with you today. Uh, we do enjoy this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to know your product. Yeah, right up our alley. All right, processors. Guy in the middle. Okay, this is the one who is going to take that dried and you know, the least pulled away from the stock. stock. Mm-hmm. So in, in other words, it's going to have this big bag or this big box of biomass. That is leafy material that came from the hemp plant going to show up in his great big box and then it is the job of the processor or extractor to be able to take that biomass and extract the components that it wants. Okay. All right. Even more so, the extraction process is, I'll say it this way, it's really designed for pulling out of that plant the molecules that are useful and it's also designed to get rid of the molecules we don't want. 
Okay, so in clarity, and it is quite complicated, uh, the machinery in which it takes to do this, to be able to separate the plant's molecules. And each molecule responds to something uniquely different. So the, the design of extraction is to be able to identify what will grab that molecule that we want and pull it away from the rest of the plant so that it can be captured. Yeah. And then leave behind the molecules equally important, leave behind the molecules that we don't want. Right. So you got, again, that product also can't attract those or saw, uh, or loosen those or any of those. So it's quite the science. And my goodness, it evolves also quite, it's been evolving quite rapidly. Mm -hmm. Now, the good thing about extraction facilities, they are usually high tech, well run, and lots of intellect. Yeah. Well, Very impressed with what I've uh, been able to see in the past and even looking over this week at that industry. Yeah, it sounds very technical. It is very, very technical. But they're doing a great job being compliant and passionate. So kudos to this segment of the hemp industry because they're doing a really good job with it. All right, so let's start off with first understanding that there are two primary methods of extraction. And I'll just go over them lightly and tell you the pros and cons on them. Uh, it's usually pretty easy. So we have CO2 extraction and we have, we have um, uh, solvent extractions, which, which can include either ethanol or butane. Mm -hmm. Now, both of these are capable of extracting what we want and leaving behind what we don't. Okay. It, now, these methods, although we're calling out CO2 and we're talking about ethanol, ethanol, ethanol and butane, these are all products that go inside of these machines that are usually operating under high pressures or temperatures. Uh, so, this have you, so you have a good kind of an understanding. Somebody's just not pouring something over the plant and... And, and that's right. it. There's, yeah, we're not consuming butane or. <laughs> there's, there's a bit. Uh, there's a bit of a process here. Okay, okay. Now let me let me go back to these two. Okay, the so first method I said was CO2. Uh huh. The great thing about CO2 extraction method is the form of CBD is much purer. Okay. Okay. The also the other great thing about CO2 extraction is that CO2 is designed to evaporate. So once it's done, it leaves no residue. CO2 is what is used to make your fizzy drinks bubbly. Mm -hmm. you know, if you get a Coke or, you know, whatever, you know, right? right? That's, that's what CO2 is. Okay, and you know, once it bubbles, it just evaporates into the air. So pure CBD, nothing left behind. The, the, uh, the, um, the con, you know, the, you know, the pro and the con. So the con on this is it's quite expensive. Yeah. Very good. All right. The other one is the ethanol or butane extraction. This is a solvent extraction. Uh, the pro is that it's very inexpensive and can be used large quantities. The bad thing about it is uh, it does leave solvent residue. Okay. Right. And so we would, very beginning when we, we started this, you know, four or five years ago, we really had to struggle with this part because we would do our third party test and we would see one of these solvents show up. Yeah. 
Um, so that was a challenging one, but again, uh, CO2 is there too. Here we go. Another thing about uh, the solvent uh, issue, or the solvent extractions, ethanol and butane, is that both of those chemicals are highly flammable. Yeah. Right. So if you were. That's what I was going to say, right? Isn't that what goes in a lighter or something? Yeah, okay. would be right. Yeah. Okay. Now, the uh, interesting part about uh, that method of extraction, it does require even more technology, mm-hmm. uh, more technology for the, from the safety yeah. place. Yeah. So we don't want to, like, explosions and stuff could you know, be an issue. All right. Now, here is the process in, what, in which an a extractor will go through. Uh, they first uh, need to see test results from the grower. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to. They want to be able to identify every, all the plant material, the phytomaterial in there that they're after, throughout the entire process. So they want to see. All right, what did the farm farmer do? So what's sitting in front of me? And what they're looking for is the norm stuff like pesticides and heavy metals, microbial. But they also want to know the cannabinoid profile. So they'll go in there and understand that, and then that as they go through the extraction process what they do is they take you know a couple of thousands of pounds of phytomaterial of plant material you know and bring it down to you know 30 ounces of of raw oil now so if you think about this if there was heavy a heavy metal presence in the the uh, the leafy material that was dried and given to you in large masses guess what happens when you shrink that down? Well, that heavy metal then gets a lot bigger as a percentage. Right. Okay, so one of their jobs are to really pay very close attention to those things as they go through the extraction process. Because the more concentrated it gets, the more those things show up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was impressed. And again, that's that's where all the uh, mass... Uh, that's where all the uh, the technology is is uh, really important. So it sounds like you need to grow a, a fairly large amount of hemp to produce to produce a small, a, fairly small volume of CBD extract uh, or, or extract. And then yeah. the manufacturer will take it and expand it back out because they'll add carriers to it. Sure. And, right. Okay. Sure. The MCT or wh- yeah. whatever oil. And I'll explain to you as we get through this, you know, what types we will get back. Well, I'll just do this now. What types of manufacturer will get back will either be a raw concentrated oil, you know, that looks a little bit like syrup that you would put on your pancakes. A really thick. Right. Yeah. Uh, the next version that you could get back is something that is in crystallized form. In other words, it looks like a hard gold-colored piece of wax, mm-hmm. okay? But much more rigid, though. The yeah. wax is not really super rigid. Uh, and then finally, powder, a, a white powder. So those are the three forms that will come back to you. Um, and then, you know, the manufacturer will take those and process them into a final consumer product. All right, so, um, so they get this big box of leafy material, they analyze the test results, and then they go to their next step, which is they mill all of that biomass to bring it down to a much more consistent, smaller 
particle piece. Yeah, kind of like in your grinder, right? Yeah, you just like grind in your grinder, right? And, and so now it's you, it, it's you know, it's it's evenly. We, they can work with it. Yeah. All right. And now once they do that, then they perform their own tests on it, and they will look for. Uh, things like uh, they'll double test on the heavy metals and microbials and pesticides. But now they're also going to go to great length and understand all the other phytomaterials that are in there, like cannabinoids and terpenes. Yeah. Now, once they've understood that, then they go to the extraction method so that they can get to the crude product, whether that be the oil or the powder. And so when the farmer sends it to the extractor, does he say, I want this back in or in a, in oil form or a wax form or a powder form? Does he instruct them how he wants to? Absolutely. But it wouldn't necessarily be the farmer because the manufacturer is the one now that's interested in that end product coming from the extractor. The oh. manufacturer is the one that's interested. Now, there's farmers out there. There are also manufacturers, too. So they'll have somebody. Yeah. Then they become that customer. So, right. So they'll, yeah, they will tell then the, the uh, extracting company, this is how I want the product. So the manufacturer actually contacts the extracting company and says, this is what I want to order? Uh, or where do, does the farmer sell everything to the extractor and say, okay, now I'm done with it? That's this much is your better. job? Yes. Okay, so correct. he doesn't see the plant anymore. Nope, it's Once gone. It's He's gone. now moved on to his next, his next crop. Ah, okay. Okay, I don't know why I thought they did their little processing and sent it back to the farmer and said, okay, here's your bill. Nope. We did our job. Nope. Okay, no. No, usually. And then the extractor, once they get it, uh, they will deter determine which end product, they, they'll want to produce that with that batch, and they'll just usually have that for sale okay. for their clients who they know already have relationships with. Gotcha. Okay. That sound good? Okay. So, um, let's see. Let's see. Let me see here. What other things were important that I went to share with you? All right. So... One of the cool things about an extractor is they also are in charge of what molecules to extract and what molecules to leave behind. Mm -hmm. Now, and sometimes a method is not capable of getting everything. So let's say you wanted a high CBD. Well, we want that, and, the, and that plant was capable of an 85%. Well, the extractor now needs to have that skill being able to get all of that, 85% of CBD out of that plant. And that is in fact a skill. The next skill uh, an extractor will have are to gain, uh, to, to extract other molecules like CBG, CBN, CBC. Yes. Okay, so that is another job of theirs. And if the plant had those cannabinoids in it at a measurable, measurable percent, which they'll know from the third-party testing when it shows up at the processing facility, mm -hmm. then now it's their job to be able to go in there and grab as much CBN or CBC as possible. Okay. But is the main component of a hemp plant CBD? That's correct. The main, uh, the main component is CBD. Okay. And then so... And, all right, so uh, now it didn't stop there. They also are in charge of preserving terpenes. 
Yes. So if a particular terpene is desired, again, they're, they're, they have a need there to be able to get that molecule out. Okay. And if there's a component in there, as I suggested earlier, that they didn't want, uh, they have that task as well to be able to let that, cat, that molecule stay behind. Okay, so the, uh, this is my question that I'm, I'm seeing in my head. So here we are, and you have all these potential cannabinoids. You uh, are able to pull, do you pull them out individually and then maybe make a potion over here with a bunch of them? You know, like say a full spectrum has all the cannabinoid or not all, you know, whatever cannabinoids and THC and the terpenes, whereas an isolate only has the CBD. Yes. So you are correct. There are different times to stop during the process. Okay. That is really what you're asking for. Yeah. And there's even additional processes after the main CO2 to be able to refine even more. Even go more. Like reducing the amount of THC. So you can even go in there even afterwards and still... Uh, distill even further to remove other items, other other molecules that you maybe didn't want in the finished product. Gotcha. Very okay. good. Okay, now if you notice, there is somewhat of a symmetry between the grower and the extractor. The grower and the extractor, extractor, extractor are working together yeah. because they know the manufacturer is looking for something specific. Right. I want a high CBD count. I want a high THC count. I want a high CBD or CBN count. All right, so the grower needs to find the right strain to be able to deliver that biomass, and the extractor needs to know that, that those properties are in that plant so they can then deploy their techniques. Okay, wow. Okay? Yeah. All right. Okay, so I've exhausted that part. <laughs> now we have an understanding of the grower, now the extractor. We're going to take a short break for our sponsors, and when we come back, we're next going to understand the manufacturer. And that will then hopefully give you a great understanding of the journey of CBD. Yes. Okay? Yeah. All right. When we come back, we're talking about manufacturers. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Live authentically, heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. If you are a pet owner, you know there's a special connection between us and our pets. They are part of the family. The owners of special breeds also understand the important roles they play. Tune in for Greyhounds Make Great Pets to find out more about one special breed. Hosted by Rory and Kathy Goray, along with TJ Beter, we'll focus on greyhounds, but we'll also cover topics that apply to any pet owner, like animal welfare issues, racing, and more. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at canafil.com. That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L.com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show. Welcome back, listeners. CBD Ed Show. And this is Kim and I giving you the journey of the CBD. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. I do have one quick question. Yeah. So, is this why, uh, what do I want to say, big pharma or big manufacturers, or they want to make like a a fake version a of synthetic? this? synthetic? There you go. Oh, boy, I don't know That's why my great, words are not. Because it's just question. easier, right? Or, it's not just that it's easier. When pharma wants to get a hold of something, they want it to be predictable. Oh, there you go. And this is a this is a plant. Mm-hmm. This is a plant from Mother Nature, and it is not predictable. Right. Uh, okay. Not not to the degree that a pharmaceutical would either want, need, or must have to make mass production. Mass production, and to meet you know some function. Right. Uh, usually, a pharmaceutical needs to be fairly precise. Which is why, obviously, FDA is going to come in and give us like crazy. Right. Rules and, and stuff. They and, will. They and will. the plant is so, I mean, one day it's this and one day it's that. And, right. But, okay. But as a, as a supplement, uh, we can have those tolerances. Okay? Yeah. As a pharmaceutical, you cannot. Well, I would rather have, um, obviously, the organic version as close to the plant as we can get, mm-hmm. which is what we're learning through our our life right now is that if you can keep it as close to its original state, it's best for your body. Yeah. Yeah. That's my knowledge too. So let's, let's start out with uh, a manufacturer. So there's usually groups of manufacturing. They fall into little subgroups. There, I'm only talking about CBD product manufacturing. Yeah. There are uh, manufacturers like Canafil who are more potency and clinical. High standards are impo- super important because the the uh, the the um, the pharmacies uh, that are you know, Kennefield's clients, uh, you know, they need that kind of level. Okay, then you have uh, then you have people who are are manufacturers who are in a different area. They want to go out and meet the masses. So they want to do large production and try to make you know everybody. Uh, easier, an easier product. Right, right. Now, even these categories are broken into three more. And that is you either have a manufacturer who is manufacturing a full spectrum, meaning all parts of the plant that are valuable to humans are still intact, or they will go to the other side of the coin, which is an isolate, which means they pulled everything away from that plant except for the single cannabinoid CBD. Yes. Which is cannabidiol, uh, abbreviated. Uh, And then in the middle, there is now this new thing called broad spectrum, which is all the plant material except, uh, uh, all the plant material, but when it came to cannabinoids, only the CBD. So none of the other cannabinoids were captured. That includes CBD, or I'm sorry, that includes THC, 
CBN, CBG, CBA, none of those cannabinoids were captured. So a broad spectrum has the terpenes and the CBD. Correct. Just, just CBD. Yes. And then the full spectrum has terpenes. Uh, there's also uh, vitamins in the plant and all of the cannabinoids the hemp plant is capable of producing. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, so when we go there, we, we look at a manufacturer and we break it into maybe three categories. So one is managing the raw materials that come in. Mm -hmm. And our job as a manufacturer is to be very particular about where our raw materials came from. And when it comes to just CBD, because by the way, a good manufacturer is going to express this same kind of discipline across all the materials that are used to develop their product. But just for CBD, we want to know everything all the way back to the grower. We right. want the grower certification. We want the grower's tests. Then we go to the extraction. We will only go to the extraction method that makes sense to us. Whoever the manufacturer is, you'll choose one of those two manufacturers and then you'll look for their certifications, okay? And their certifications come in two form, their facility certification and their, their third-party testing on the raw materials or the raw products that you're getting. Okay. Can I ask a question? Yes, you can. <laughs> uh, is it better to get your CBD uh, from, like, China or from... Uh, Europe or the United States? Do we know that? I, yeah, I've had so yeah, there is a rule of thumb. That. There okay. is a rule of thumb out there, and I'm not going to talk poorly of any country. All I'm going to suggest is that in America, in the United States, we do have a very good oversight and regulatory program in place for both growers and Extra extractors. Okay, and those were the most important. Okay. Because that's the product that actually goes into the container that you're purchasing. They are now working on good oversight and regulations for the third leg, the manufacturing that we're talking about now. Okay. Now, you, to your answer your question, we don't know those. Right. Oh, we know China doesn't really have a whole lot present there. Yeah. So what are you really getting? Right. The answer is, I don't know. Yeah. Because it can't be validated. Well, we don't have any products in our store that have anything from China, but I just, I've had people ask me that, mm -hmm. and I said, I have that's, no idea. That's the big why. Without without regulations and over, and oversight, you know, somebody's got to also be on, you know, are you following these regulations? Right. You, then you, they don't have to conform, and you'll never know. Yeah. Okay. Not suggesting they are. I am just suggesting without those two, um, then you can't really tell what's in your product. Now, great question, though. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, once, once we've selected the right vendor for our products, then we go into the next step, and that is we want a very specific profile, certain cannabinoids, certain terpenes, certain other products that are necessary for our unique design. Mm -hmm. All right. And some of those products, you know, they're worth talking about. Everybody knows about CBD. Everybody knows about THC, but there's actually 10 very well-known cannabinoids that can come from the hemp plant. And I've mentioned a few. CBG, you know, there's a, been a lot of talk. Um, it's generally known to be a, a neuroprotective. 
Uh, it has been used for treatment of glaucoma, has anti-inflammatory properties. You got CBC, who uh, encourages new cell growth, also is a complement to uh, pain relief. CBN, antibacterial, also complements pain relief. And then, you know, THC, everybody's afraid of THC, but remember, in a hemp plant, at 0.3%, you have to consume a lot to even come anywhere near a psychoactive reaction. Yeah. So, but listen, what the biggest thing for THC is, is anti-tumoral. Yeah. Wow. And it also encourages uh, appetite and, and, and relieves anxiety and depression. I'm like, wow, that's a big thing. Tumor, uh, THC is a big thing. I know everybody's afraid of it, but from a hemp plant, it's super low. Anyway, as a manufacturer, we really are looking at what is coming with our raw materials because that kind of has a lot to do with what our product design was all about. Right. All right, now that we have good products in and we certify everybody, and this includes all of our products at Canafil. We have MCT oil. We have uh, terpenes that we add to our products. We have essential oils, and each and every one of them must come with a COA, a, certir- a certificate of analysis, or we're not buying it. Right. Right? And so that was super important because, hey, our customers also require it, which yeah. is why we put it on our website. Um you, you'll see on there, you know, COAs for other products in or other uh, uh, items that are in this product. Um, so now that we've done that, then we go to our facility. For a manufacturer, it's super important that they follow current good manufacturing properties. Now, that means, you know, an 80-page binder for us. But for you and the consumers, uh, they've, we've, we've coined it pretty well. It's just the five Ps. So current good manufacturing practices really cover these five Ps. People, premises, processes, products, and procedures. And each one of those are well-defined. Yes. And if you apply all of those well-defined processes, then you are considered a current good manufacturing process. Now with our facilities, we have them divided. So we have sections within our manufacturing, and I think most good manufacturings will also consider this, that uh, we have our supplies and cleaning area, we have our raw products area, and that really needs a lot of attention because of cross-contamination, and certain products need certain management. Maybe that's temperature control, uh, certain things like that. So, and then we have our, you know, where the product is actually combined, and we call this our cooking stations. Um, and we we'll can only do one of our uh, one of our brands at it, or one of our uh, SKUs at a time. Then we have a filling station, and again, we separate those two so there's no cross contamination. And we have packaging and shipping is usually done outside of our GMP lab area more in an area where, again, not it doesn't have to be quite as controlled. Uh, the product's already been sealed up. Now it's just going in the cosmetic packaging and then put in larger packaging for shipping. Yeah. So that's how our facilities are kind of broken in. Um, now testing. So we review all the tests when they come in and right at the point where we are ready to package, if we have not had that batch tested, that's when a full bottle of every one of our products in that batch 
gets sent to a third-party, off-site, third-party testing center. They have it for about a week and a half, and then they do all their tests that include solvents, heavy metals, pesticides, microbial, moisture, and then a cannabinoid and terpene profile. Mm-hmm. So daunting. So it's by the time it gets to the customer, this product has been tested one, two, three, four, four. Times. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> probably got, like five times. I, I, four exactly, or five times. exactly. And you know there are. Th- Listen, this industry, it, it's an inspiring one because we've all talked ourselves into being self-regulate, self-regulating. Yeah. And we've done that like, you know, like looking at each other and going, hey, this is a good idea. Let's self-regulate. Because if not, this industry is going to go south because consumers are going to get upset. Not going to have, yeah, they're not going to appreciate the CBD product for what it's capable. So I like that we've done that. And yeah. probably that's why all the testing. Um, let's see, let's see. So, um, once we send it to the lab and we get it back, the first thing we do is we have a conversation with the lab because they're the ones that know. I'm like, hmm, why is this one molecule reading so high? And they'll usually tell me, we got freaked out one year because we had a a solvent come in. And do you know what we found out? It was because it was an alcohol-based cleaner we were using. Mm-hmm. And so, so literally, this is how our uh, testing centers will help us out. So if something comes back and it's odd, we talk with them first, and then we come back and we have a discussion with the team, and then we make our adjustments. So, um, and all this work should be made visible to the consumer. Why? Because currently FDA is not regulating us. So if you do not see something on your 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 uh, your brand's website or something documentation that's show, showing third-party testing, you got to wonder where's the transparency. Yeah. And once FDA steps in, which I believe will be next year, then they'll tell us what to do. You guys will know that as well, and everybody, everything will be a little less confusing. And as long as we have an FDA stamp or something, then correct, you, you don't have to right. Then you don't have to like think about all the specifics that went into it. Okay. Kind of a nice blanket. But for the time being, that's manufacturer's role is to be able to communicate all of this self-regulations to you, the consumer, in some form or fashion. Yeah. And we've talked about those in the past many of times. You can either see that third-party testing reports either online or they you request one, they send it to you digitally or, or print one out for you or something. Yeah. There, there'll be something that demonstrates third-party testing because that's really all we can do mm-hmm. for you to accurately know what's in your product. Right. Uh, let's say, so, and most manufacturers, again, they are the representatives of this entire industry. Mm-hmm. They're the face because it's the consumer that we're interacting with. Right. right. So it really is a super important job. And I know a lot of us manufacturers really take it seriously. Now, um, you got about one minute. There's something you can ask <laughs> that might be relevant to our listeners? Um, let's see here. So, again, with the CBD and the CBG and the CBN, do you have to know the, the, the amounts of the other ones? It's just as, you, as long as you know they're in there. You can, and they're, oh, they will always show up on our reports, okay. on our, our third-party testing, okay. and which are visible for you. Right. All right. Now, this is all the time we have today, so we're signing off. Uh, this is Ed Cheney 
CBD Ed Show and CEO of Canafil, my lovely host, Kimberly. We want again thank you very much for listening today, and I hope we were helpful. So this is us signing off, and you're now more educated on CBD. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Edward Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be here soon.